0: hello and welcome to quest for connection podcast i am deb bowen and i am the anchor host for this exciting podcast project where nine of us over a period of time bring you lots of esoteric thoughts about what it really means to search for and find connection with ourselves and the world around us so welcome to quest for connection my host this week, my co-host this week, is my wonderful friend, Joel Hawkins. Joel, welcome.
1: Thank you, Deb. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, honey, I'm so excited you have joined this venture with me, and, and who knows where the ripples will lead with this. Folks, Joel and I have been friends for many, many years, longer than we want to tell you how old we are, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Joel and I have been friends for a really long time and have walked our path together in so many ways over so many years joel um, is a storehouse of amazing knowledge and amazing questions in the many many conversations that we have had over the years we have explored and learned and questioned and counterpointed each other in a lot of different ways joel is a christologist he has a he is a walking encyclopedia of crystals and minerals and connection to Mother Earth in that way and so he, lo- he does a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff but our topic today uh, that Joel has asked f- for us to speak about in our hour with you is the notion of being connected to oneself so that is the focus of our talk today Joel, Deb, where would you like to start
1: Deb I think um, it might be fun to just start a little bit by differentiating um, between connection to self and sort of being in touch with oneself. Um, I, I wanted to take this to to everyone just because I think to a degree it's nice to have um, a, a visual framework or some sort of analogy as you try to navigate what's going on in, in the world and becoming connected to yourself and realizing what comes from that. So I wanted to kind of say that w- when we're connecting to ourselves, it's not like a day at the spa or getting in touch with ourselves or or self indulgence so much as learning to get to know yourself and realizing who you are and and not being judgmental and accepting yourself is is probably the first steps.
0: Mm, okay, and and what would you say would be a good starting point for that?
1: You know, I I think that it's just being often we go I found that and, and I can only speak from my frame of reference you know at a very early age I knew there was more to life than than just what I was experiencing this physical plane I got glimpses and and sort of shows, if you will, of what was beyond just this plane. And it it was one of those things where it took me a while. I, I had the confidence, even at an early age, to know that there was more than was being shared. And when I would share some of my early experiences, like with my parents and adults, you would get that pushback that it's just your imagination or... Um, it's a dream or something of that nature, and you, I was, I guess, at that point lucky enough to retain the confidence to know that what I had experienced was something different and it's not what I was being told, and that it was okay to have that experience. And a lot of it is just it, being you and, and accepting who you are, I think, to a degree, and being confident that that what you experienced was valid.
0: Mm, because I, I thank you for that. I bet you that many of the folks who listen to this podcast share that story. That as small children, they knew that there was more. That they had visitations and they had premonitions and they they had all of that, all sorts of psychic experiences that that they may not have even had words for, or if they tried to articulate. What they had experienced to an adult they were poo-pooed in some way as you have just said and and I can't tell you how many clients I have had over the years who have said and I just shut it down because I was I was not validated and it was frightening to me and so are you suggesting that that we go back and revisit that and say you can validate yourself
1: Absolutely. Number one, because it, it was a valid experience. Um, it's, it's only through these dismissals that it becomes invalid. So you, you had a valid experience no matter what it was. Um, don't dismiss it um, and don't make it invalid because you lose a little something there. That's, that's that fragment of, of outer self that lets you know that there is a connection going on. Um, and i think to dismiss that is those early stages of dismissing our connectedness in the universe. Mhm. Mhm.
0: Because when we allow ourselves to experience and accept and even even to question but but it, to at least uh, entertain the notion that there is a a type of reality there um then then we begin to understand that we're not alone and I don't mean just uh, physically alone but but spiritually alone that there's that there's something more and isn't it wonderful to give yourself permission to then explore whatever that may be
1: that you just basically summed it up in that statement in that that is your what your first step of spiritual awareness and even when it occurs at a very early age Um, And and to dismiss that would be terrible, but you just did a beautiful job of summing that up because that really is your first step. Um, When you as a child, what you may experience that defies the physical logic and foundations that you're subjected to from a teaching standpoint, what happens is you're dismissing part of that early validation and your early connectedness.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about those nights when I was a small child and my main spirit guide who has been with me all my life would stand at the foot of the bed with his back to me. He didn't watch me. He stood with his back to me. And on the rare occasion when I could talk to him and ask him to turn around and face me, he would remind me that his job was during the night was to protect me and to guard me and that's why he wasn't watching me he was watching the world around me and I accepted that as real
1: oh absolutely
0: he, yeah he was as real to me as you are he still is um, and, and when I would tell my mother about it she would say Oh, well, that's nice, honey. And, you know, we probably got a Cherokee princess in our background somewhere because, you know, we're Southerners, and all Southerners have Cherokee princesses in their oh, yeah. background. Please, folks, understand that I am saying that extremely tongue-in-cheek, um, that I, I know the reality of that. But, um, but you know, she she never told me I didn't see him. She didn't say that, which I was guess I was really blessed about that. But... Um, but it was not like something that was going to be important, really, in the everyday scheme of things, in the way my mother saw the world, you know.
1: Right, right. And and similarly, I can remember telling my parents of things I would experience, you know, in my room alone at night, um, noises I would hear or things I would see and and it would get dismissed as an overactive imagination. And I can remember still to this day, it's funny the things that never leave you in those circumstances, but I can remember to, the, to this day my mother rolling her eyes, telling me that um, there's no such thing as ghosts, and um, God would not let one person come back and not let everyone come back. And that used to be her response every time I would bring it up. Oh boy. <laughs> what will it take to get you to believe me?
0: <laughs> but didn't you reach a point as you got older where you didn't care whether or not she believed you? Yeah, and
1: that's the confidence that you know that what you experienced was valid and that you could trust yourself to a degree. Uh, that you didn't need someone else to validate your experience. I knew that what I was experiencing was real and that there was was validity to it and that it was much bigger than I was seeing.
0: Yes, and you and I certainly have had experiences together where we know that we both experienced the same thing and we knew it was real. I mean, we certainly did. You and I have many of those experiences to tell. But, you know, as we're talking about this and we're, we're describing this as those, those early experiences as some being outside of ourselves that let us know that there was that connection to the beyond. But there came a time for me, and I believe there did for you, where we began to realize that the real focus on on that journey of, of connection was inside ourselves, and that there was a reason that we were being shown these beings from beyond. For example, yes. Do you remember that time?
1: Yeah, I, I do. Um, I do, and that's when I began to recognize those experiences as just extraneous fragments of the whole, if you will, that it, it initially, and I don't know about you, but I did naturally, I would become entrenched in the experience and then would chase the experience, right, um, to get a repeat of the experience. There's something extremely gratifying of suddenly discovering a connection outside of yourself through yourself. And it that connection, for me, um, would almost feel addicting. That sense of synchronicity um, experienced in the presence of someone who has passed on, though the sensation of that becomes addicting because you, I think, intrinsically recognize that you are part of something greater um, and, and something awe inspiring, if that makes sense.
0: Could you give us an example of a time that you might be willing to share that, just, that uh, exemplifies what we're talking about?
1: I think for me, um, you, you mean in terms of, of of chasing the experience or recognizing mm-hmm. that it was part of the whole?
0: Check, chasing the experience. I think that will help if we can give our listeners some examples of what we mean by that.
1: So for me personally, um, so... When I recognize so in, in the early days when I would have experiences with what I would consider to be, um, for lack of a better phrase, someone who's passing on or someone otherworldly um, or something otherworldly, uh, I couldn't even tell you at a young age if it was um, something that had previously been in this realm in human form or not, but in the beginning, that excitement of that connection is like the thrill of meeting someone new and and recognizing that you can make this connection becomes um, almost an addiction to a degree. And so I think an example of that is where you, let's say, for instance, you're just a ghost hunter. You're just hunting ghosts. That, that, you're hunting a fragment of the whole, if that makes sense. And so for me it became and and this was long before there were ghost hunting shows as you and i both know we would go in search of that experience because there is an intrinsic gratification in making a connection beyond this physical world and once you establish that connection um with with a particular uh being or entity it it feels good um and it it feels rewarding and in an odd way even though it's unfamiliar it feels safe
0: it does you know as you're talking i I, i'm going to tell a story on us um do you remember the late afternoon just at dusk that you and i went for a drive through a local cemetery (laughs) yes (laughs) okay and you know here we are it's spooky it's just getting dark you know and joel and i are in my car and we're driving through the cemetery just just not doing anything disrespectful we're just driving very slowly through the cemetery and the headlights in my car stop working they just stop now this was a long time ago folks before joel and i had an understanding of the ways of, of um, the entities from other realms working with electricity and electronics and whatnot. But anyway, the lights stopped working. So here we are trying to navigate our way through these winding little narrow lanes in the cemetery to find our way back out. And, and we're both very aware that what has happened to my car is not normal. We know that it's not the car. We just know it. It's cars. Cars never done it before. Why should it have done it now? Right.
1: And the car's still so, running.
0: And the car's it's not running. We're
1: driving.
0: <laughs> Nothing wrong with the car. The lights have just stopped. And we find our way to the gates. And we get outside the gates. And the lights come back on. Remember.
1: I do absolutely (laughs) of course we do (laughs) and we
0: just (laughs) and so we just stopped outside the gates and just looked at each other because we knew that something amazing had just happened to us and we knew that we had connected to something outside of ourselves that we couldn't explain Joe and and I have been many of those experiences folks but but that one we we knew, we didn't have the words for it back then because, folks, this was a long time ago, but but we didn't have the language for it, nor did we really under, have the knowledge of the understanding that what we had experienced was um, an energy exchange, not just between us and some entity outside of us, but that... Um, electricity and the very car itself was a part of that exchange and that was long before we learned that everything was energy absolutely you know but we knew that there was a mystical experience that had just happened to us that was a gateway for us to continue that exploration, and boy, we did remember our ghost hunting from that moment on revved way up, remember? Oh,
1: absolutely. and And you have to admit when you have those moments where you do make that connection uh, and have that experience in whatever capacity, it piques your interest. It feels familiar yet not. it It feels safe yet not because it's so unfamiliar. Um, especially in early days, and you don't know what to make of it, and to a degree because part of it you've been since educated um, under the physical sort of structure that we know from a science standpoint. Um, This is how everything works. And suddenly you've got something introduced into your world that doesn't fit into the way everything works. And when you go to report that to somebody – they tell you you're crazy or it's an act of imagination or you were just dreaming or, you know, like my mom um, informed me that it couldn't be ghosts because God would let everybody come back um, and you'd see them everywhere.
0: <laughs> and I can hear your mother saying that.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> exactly, I, I know. Uh,
0: and, of course, and even, and if, even if you listen to that, your mom didn't have the language for earthbound folks as opposed to folks who had in fact crossed over and come back for a visit. Those are two entirely different entities and energies.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. 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 I know.
1: But so it, it is all energy um, and, and that's, you know, what you begin, I think for me personally, what I began to learn is the more you begin to delve into it and just working on self and becoming self-aware, just that effort alone begins to raise your vibration. An example, just you and I having this conversation raises our vibration. The people that are listening to this conversation, it raises their vibration. Anytime you attempt to work on self and get to know self and just be, your vibration begins to raise. And I think what happens is is the more you work on self, obviously the higher your vibration goes. Um, and, and obviously there's times where things um, intercept and, and slow us down or divert us off that path. But it's amazing how quickly you can reconnect each time. It's almost like riding a bicycle. The more you keep working on self and venturing inward to find your answers as opposed to reaching outward, it's amazing how familiar that ground back comes on a regular basis
0: true you know as, as you're talking about that um, I often get the question from folks what do you mean vibration what do you mean raise vibration and 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 so I think that's a fundamental building block of our conversations in this podcast I know that Dale and I will be talking about that more later when she and I talk about vibrating with water uh, when it's when Dale will be the co-host on the show but um but what do we what do we mean just with that word vibrate, and then what do we mean about raising that vibration can you Can you give us a quantum physics lecture in you know five sentences or less?
1: Well, I mean, you know, let's assume that we already at least all agree that everything is energy and everything has its own vibration. Right. But to a degree, in cases we have the ability – I mean, we're living energy. We have the ability to alter that vibration. And yet things that enter our field can also alter that vibration. They can bring us down or they can bring us up. We can bring ourselves down or we can bring ourselves up. And I think a lot of that has to do at least what I personally have experienced – is when you are working in harmony with the way the universe really should be. So when you take action, um, let's say that you do something as simple as demonstrate the act of love to someone else. You help someone or you reach out to someone to do something. At that moment, your vibration is raised and so is theirs. If you choose not to act, let's say you ignore someone, your vibration just remains just where it is. It's just there. And so I think when you make active steps to do those things that are in like with sort of universal love, um, all that is, that's how your vibration begins to raise and stay raised. And the more you work towards that, the higher your vibration goes. And as your vibration raises, it's you are then in that same vibratory realm of other people who are, you know, you're attracting like. In other words.
0: Uh, yes, and so when when if you think of us at vibrating at a certain just as us going about our daily routine you know getting up in the morning taking a shower drinking coffee eating breakfast going to work doing, you know stuff we do during right. the course of the day um, then then generally speaking we as living energy are vibrating in a certain range um, of hurts
1: right by right. right okay
0: and so when I do uh, an act of kindness for somebody or look up at the sky and say, whoa, thank you for this day, then then there's a shift in my b- vibration that raises it higher.
1: Exactly.
0: And And that then makes my, the more I do that, the more I raise that vibration, the more open I am and likely to be able to Connect with beings that raise whose vibrations is already considerably higher than mine, like the angelic realm, for example, or right. people on the other side, or God or Goddess.
1: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. There's um, you know, th- there's that wonderful play and wonderful movie, Angels in America, um, and there's this there's this very poignant scene. Um, where Joe and Louie, uh, two, these two guys, key characters in the movie, are at the beach. And they're having a very intense conversation. And there is the expression, basically the, one of the is pointing out to the other, the world is imperfectible. And as long as you can't perfect it, you tend to be unhappy. And you have to reconcile yourself to a degree to the world's imperfectibility. And, and be in the world, but not of the world. And I think that is where, that was sort of a turning point for me when I made that personal acceptance that the world itself is imperfectible. I mean, we are, we're living in this world where there is all sorts of chaos. There is all sorts of choices that have to be made with, with some with very extensive repercussions and choices that other people make that affect us as well. So the world itself is just gonna happen whether we're in it or not, right? Um, but but you have to be in the world. Just the important thing is not to be of it. And so there's sort of this analogy that I would give you, uh, and it's only because I like cars, but... You know, imagine you come into this world on this one particular road, right, and this road is is the miracle of life, and there's all this amazing traffic on this road that has to do with you know the divine and divine energy and and the miracle that is life and the miracle that produces life and then there's this other road that you kind of get off on shortly thereafter. Mm -hmm. And that road is hectic. And there's these big trucks that sail by that make a lot of noise that have big signs on them like, you know, college education, got to get married, first born. And there's these small cars that come by that are real noisy that say things like, due date tomorrow, got to get a new job, oh, she just got a new boss. And that's really that oncoming traffic road that's really chaotic. And what happens is I think when you separate – connectedness and you leave that road that you came in on and you get on that road just that's just oncoming traffic of life you're literally just reacting constantly you're swerving and getting off the road so somebody else can get on and the reality of it is is you're supposed to be driving from the other lane does that make sense
0: yeah it does it does
1: and we think that the only way we can drive our car is to be in that lane of oncoming traffic, but it 's really not. We can drive from the other lane, and in that lane, people are driving at different altitudes, nobody's swerving in front of each other or cutting each other off it's a whole different type of energy because that energy is the sort of universal energy, the all that is That's that 's that universal highway in which everything connects, whereas that other lane of oncoming track of life is very fragmented energy. Uh, A lot of it is is self-contained and self-perpetuating, if you will, Um, understanding that energy never dies. You've got this uncontrollable chaos over in the left-hand lane of oncoming traffic that's just frenzied energy. It's energy nonetheless, but it's not that universal energy. And really, all we have to do is shift lanes and drive from the other lane.
0: I, you know, in the um, in in um, the Welsh uh, concept of the creation and connectedness to the universe, there's this term called Awen, and it means, uh, in a very abbreviated form, it means the flow. Of life kind of I, my vision of it is that I think of, of all of life and all of creation in our universe and beyond as this river and that really all we got to do is just float and just be in it and we become connected to so much in that river and that flow of life and that's what I'm envisioning as you're talking about a highway
1: that is <laughs> That is a, a great analogy, and what's interesting is recently I was reading a blog um, from Depec Chopra where he speaks of this sage who gives an analogy of a river where one bank of the river is pain and the other bank of the river is grief, and that we do perfectly okay if we just float down the river and let things go. but unfortunately we keep reaching for either the the bank of grief or the bank of pain thinking that we can pull ourselves free and that everything will be okay the reality of it is is if we just go with the flow is when we'll be okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, we're all- parallel.
0: it is isn't it we're almost to the halfway mark of our hour together and when we come I want to take a break here in a minute and tell people how to connect with us and uh, so when we do that when we come back from that I'd like to um, to talk more about that connection to ourselves as as beings of light and not just here on this plane but in connection to to other planes as well and I know you have a book you want to recommend and, and talk about that can we do that
1: Sure, absolutely.
0: Okay, great. So, folks, thank you so very, very much for being with us. You are listening to A Quest for Connection with Deb Bowen and friends, and I am the anchor host of this wonderful adventure. To my knowledge, there is not another podcast out there doing what we are doing, but there are nine of us who co-host this podcast to bring you that idea of connection from many different perspectives so we are delighted and honored that you have joined us you can find us uh, as you probably know because you're listening to this on blog talk radio Uh, and so our address there is www.blogtalkradio.com slash quest for connection we're also working on um, all that technical stuff that gets us on iTunes and gets our YouTube page set up and, uh, and that sort of thing. But at the moment, you can find us on Blog Talk Radio. You can also find us on our Facebook page, and that page is growing exponentially, and I am just so honored that you all are connecting with us there. The name of the Facebook page is Deb and Friends Quest for Connection. You can find... Uh, Information about us individually and uh, our work and services on my website. We have a section of my website it's debbowen.com. You can email us if you have comments or questions at uh, Deb and I'm sorry, let me do that again Deb and at and there's a, a Facebook post that I, I put up periodically that has all of what I've just rattled off you available for you to see in print as well uh, so uh, we're just so happy that you're connecting with us in so many ways and this crazy world of technology uh, affords us an opportunity to to do all of this from all of you around the world and we're just honored that you're with us Joel tell them how to connect with you
1: oh you can connect uh, with me through the earth at gmail.com and I'm delighted to take any questions or, or anything of such as that through email
0: so the the bewitching earth, what the,
1: earth. The, the bewitching earth, earth yes at the bewitching earth.
0: and and that uh, well is also on our facebook page uh under when joel is uh the featured co-host for the week, you'll be able to see that as in writing as well so thank you uh for that, so Joel, talk to us about light.
1: Wow, <laughs>
0: you know, you oddly, know. I
1: think that's one of the two reasons that I love uh, crystals so much, and most specifically, the reason I love quartz so much um, is light, um, and, and of course, being a byproduct of energy. Um, I think, you know, interestingly enough, one of the this was a long time ago, and it is never. Uh, left me is you know how tough it can be and I know this is going to seem like I'm going way off in another direction but bear with me here you know how tough it can be at the holidays when you've got a whole group of family crammed in one house and I remember one night it was during the Christmas holidays on one particular Christmas when it was just a lot of people and a lot of responsibility and, and it was overwhelming. And, you know, people are not always on their best behavior at the holidays. They're just not. That's what you would like to think they are, but they're not.
0: And sometimes
1: you can get a little peeved at them. <laughs> and I, I was having to get beyond all of that. Um, obviously, you know, we love our families, and and we we don't want to harbor any ill will, especially at that time of year, and you don't want to lose patience with people. One of the ways I did that was to get back to the core of light. And the way I did it was I suddenly imagined this house that I was in that was in complete turmoil on this um, Christmas holiday evening um, with a lot of people riled up about a lot of different things, And I removed everything externally. I suddenly imagined that house with all of these people in it, but each person was only a beam of light. And in that beam of light, we all pretty much looked the same in my mind. There was no real difference. We were just a beam of light. Some of us were upstairs. Some of us were downstairs. You really couldn't tell the difference between anyone. You suddenly couldn't get mad at anyone you know i there was i couldn 't tell you know who was my mother and who was my brother. It was one of those things. There was just beams of light moving around the house of people doing what they were doing and It was only when I bared everyone down to that beam of light that you suddenly realize how vulnerable everyone is um, how and how really how much alike we all are in that aspect when you take away the facial features and the clothes and the mannerisms and all you have is that beam of light, that's really at a core level who we all are. And the kind of nice thing about that is you begin to lose those things which you use to place judgment with. You know, have you ever just been irritated with someone you don't really know why, but just the sight of them irritates you? <laughs> you get rid I of could all. I confess, I have. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, Correct. Right. human. Well, you get rid of all that, <laughs> and that became a way that I learned that not only in that meditation, where I was trying to desynthesize myself from the fray of the holiday, that that was applicable in my day-to-day life too, as well as myself is getting back to nothing but that core energy of light.
0: That is absolutely wonderful. And to, it's a nice
1: t- thing to try.
0: It really is. And and so when you did that exercise, because uh, I, I know what your family's house looks like during the holidays and all the various um, personalities that are there. And I'm trying to just envision all these little dancing almost almost fairy lights that's what I'm seeing as you're talking and, um, yes. uh-huh. and they're all beautiful and lovely and clear and all the same so yeah, it wasn't no like difference. you could see different Yeah. no colors of lights it was just that that clear white light right yes I just love that. And you know, which is a, and I don't want to derail your train here and where you're going, but, but really that's what orbs are. Uh Absolutely. because those because those round beams of light are the easiest way for us to become energy.
1: Yes, it's in a efficient. visible
0: form. Yeah, it's a yes. efficient way for visible being to, to be there. Uh, so I think that's that's really cool. But if we could do that and if you could take Joel's suggestion here and do that at work or in the grocery store, or driving down the road when you've got road rage going on, then boy, things change, don't they?
1: They do. you don't yeah. you just see that they oper- you, you develop a level of both sympathy and empathy that may not have existed before. Because you strip away, you strip yourself down to the core and you strip them down to the core and really all you're looking at is that commonality that you're just being, you're Mm -hmm. just operating in this world and being and some of us operate a little better in this world than others at times and then others surprise us and they operate uh, to, to to their advantage as well far better than us. But we all have our moments of where we're doing really well, and we all have our moments of where we're doing really poor. But the interesting thing is is we're all sharing this plane of physical life at the same time, but yet we're connected in a whole other fashion that we tend to ignore. And if you strip away all the things that you use to identify both yourselves and them, whoever they may be, in this physical plane, if you strip all that away... The connectedness in the other realms becomes more apparent.
0: It does, doesn't it? And if you can strip it away from yourself, because I think sometimes it's easier to see the light in others yes. than to see it in ourselves.
1: Yes. That's a very good point. That's a really good point.
0: Which brings me in in my mind to the book you wanted to talk about. If, yes. if you're ready to go there.
1: Absolutely, and and I can kind of weave us into there. But you know, as you as you make this journey to self, um, to really discover more about who you are um, and and about your connectedness to other people, it it still seems because you're reaching you're wanting to desperately i guess for me personally i wanted desperately to make contact with what had i had you know the energies that had been contacting me since i was very young i I always felt like i was needing to reach out i was never doing a good job at reaching in and and thinking that i had to obtain some knowledge from someplace else when really all i had to do was start within it's like those old adages that the greatest journeys begin within, Um, and it's really the truth. Um, That that moment of self-awareness, not consciousness, but awareness, that develops when you really begin to just be and look at who you are without any judgment and recognize you're like so many other people in this cosmic web. And when you lose that judgment and can actually just start looking at yourself, you can love yourself you can forgive yourself there's so many great things that can come from that but the nice thing is is you you immediately begin to raise your vibration with that action and you immediately begin to tap into that energy that universal energy of connectedness and when you're on that's when you suddenly again map to that highway and I what kind of has taken me in that thought process many times is There's a wonderful book called The Testimony of Light um, that was written by Helen Greaves. And believe it or not, Deb, every time I look at the copyright of 1969, I'm amazed that that book was written so long ago. And it's one of those books that will forever be in my library. It's one of those that when I read, it resonated with me to such a degree that you knew it must be gospel. It's like, this is the way things really are. But it's a wonderful book about the author having a relationship. She had a fantastic earthbound relationship with this um, nun, Sister uh, Frances Banks. She had this wonderful earthbound relationship with her. And then after she passed, Francis continued to communicate with Helen. And Helen documented these communications. And I remember from this book, one of the things that impressed me the most is when Several months of communication has gone on, and Helen is communicating to Francis. Um, She's saying, basically, and I'm paraphrasing for sure, um, but she's saying, you know, I essayed too much. You know, here this woman spent a life being a nun, right, devoted um, to Christ, um, seeking for that connectedness to spirit. And she's saying, I did way too much. I did all this essaying and all this work, and I never really realized it was with me all the time. It was nothing that I really had to seek. It was there. And I thought, you know, that's, I think recently it struck me because I was, you know, when David Cassidy died um, not too long ago, there was actually um, his daughter published a, it was either an Instagram or a tweet or some comment after he passed saying that his last words were all that wasted time. And believe it or not, when I heard that, that's exactly what I thought of. Mm. Is that recognition that sometimes we spend all this time and energy going off in what seems like a very difficult direction, when in reality it's right here with us all the time. All we have to do is reach within.
0: I I love that book too, as you well know, and yeah. um, and I love I love what you've just said, and and I I hope that um, David Cassidy's comment about all that wasted time was a, a gift to him about knowing that now he still had infinite time. Uh, and I put that word in quotes on the on the other side you know I there's a passage in um, there's several passages that are coming to mind as we're talking about this wonderful little book and and one of them is Francis trying to describe what it's like to live on the other side and what in a light body that 's the phrase that I think is used used in that book it's certainly used in many others in a light, body so that there 's not the trappings of of clothing and outer garments and and visuals, but that there 's that energy form that she has become and I think for many of us that 's really hard, partly because most of of at least the people I know grew up with this image of life on the other side with the long flowing white robes and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and it's, you know, and and i may be wrong i mean shoot you know you make it over there and everybody looks you know all long and flowing and white and great you know but but i also love francis's description of that we're just that that light body of of energy and i also love that amazing passage to that was that I love so much of where she has been sent to speak to a man who is in a part of the world on the other side where he is very sad and very isolated and very angry yes. and he had yes and he had been an artist in in his past in his life is incarnation here on the earth plane and he had been he had asked for Uh, canvases and all he wanted was black paint all he wanted was black paint and so he would paint these pictures picture after picture after picture that were all black and dark and bad and, and sad but Francis looked at those pictures and looked at him and he was very cynical and not very pleased that she had come to see him And she said, you know, I notice that on every picture you've painted, there's a door. And every door you have, on every canvas, you have left a tiny little strip of the white canvas beneath so that there's this tiny little possible opening and space of light on every painting. And so she talks to him then about hope and that even though he had not consciously understood that that's what he was doing when he painted those pictures that he at some deep level trusted that there was hope and it took her pointing it out to him that he too could be that light body and raise his vibration and not spend eternity painting these black and terrible and dark pictures.
1: Yeah, And and I, yeah.
0: and I love that, partly because of the way it's written. It's written so beautifully. But also because, metaphorically, how many of us do that every day in our lives on this plane?
1: Good question.
0: We do. You know, Absolutely. the doom... The doom and gloom people, as I call them, you know. And And I can be a doom and gloom person. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I can go there. I think most of us can. I think that's a part of of being human because we don't know, we don't trust, we don't know what is wasted time and what is not.
1: Good point.
0: And, And I don't think we're meant to know. I think we're meant to just be.
1: I think so too
0: so so Joel I know that that you of course one of your areas of deep knowledge is working with the mineral kingdom and the mineral kingdom vibrates at a different rate than humans do and and yet the energy of The stone people as we like to call them helps us to raise our vibration how does that work
1: I would say first and foremost I mean inherently by nature because of the way that they work with with electrical current to begin with sets them apart from, from anything else. I mean, that's the beauty of the mineral kingdom is almost all minerals, um, save a few, um, have either Piozi electric or pyroelectricity um, attributes to them. So by sheer nature, number one, they can change our vibration. And then within each of them is their own unique vibration, just like us. Just as we have a signature vibration, they have a signature vibration. However, they also have that ability to amplify vibration.
0: So, as I'm speaking with you, as we are as we are putting this podcast together, I am looking at a dish, a large dish of many stones, uh, and then outside of that, I'm looking at a a trilogy. Of stones that I have here in front of me for a specific reason. I have a piece of citrine, a piece of blue lace agate, and a um, manifestation quartz. And I know that I have a connection to those stones because of what they intrinsically do and what I have asked them to help me do right at this very moment. And I know that they're doing their job. I know they're doing what I have asked them to do. Um, and and every time I look at them, and I do because they're, they're right here in front of me all the time, uh, I realize that there is this amazing connection that I have with these particular stones. I mean, even in the dark, I, and I've played this game sometimes where I have dug my hand into a bowl of rounded, tumbled stones and with my eyes closed, just based on the vibration of the stone in my hand, I could tell you what, what I was holding. Sure. You know? And, and I, I love that. I love that. And so if I think in terms of that, one of the ways that I begin to learn who I am through the mineral kingdom and the plant kingdom and the you know all all that 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 it takes me back to the notion that we are all just energy and that we vibrate at various rates and that allow us to um, to even subconsciously connect to each other does that make sense
1: oh it certainly does it certainly does not to mention the connectedness the inherent connectedness of just what you share for the minerals that are pervasive throughout your body um, the minerals that are in plants, um, the minerals, you know, of course, that are in animals, um, eating those plants and et cetera on up the food chain. And so we're connected in so many ways. But, I mean, they're actually part of, you know, certainly of being part of Mother Earth. Um, they're also pervasive throughout our body. I mean, there's this wonderful connection to minerals that we often ignore. They're in us.
0: Oh, you know, that's so interesting that you say that. <laughs> No, no, wait, I'm laughing at myself because how many times in my life, thousands, I don't know, have I heard, oh, you need your vitamins and minerals.
1: Absolutely. You have an iron deficiency. <laughs> no,
0: I have What's a giant calcium. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an iron deficiency. I have a piece of meteorite in my house.
1: <laughs> oh, that's true too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I know what you're saying. But you know, I don't think we connect the two. Or at least well, let me I can't speak for other people, but but I don't remember to connect the other two. Right, uh, to right. connect those two, that that piece of of um, meteorite made of of iron and and all those things is is there uh, on my table, and it is also within me.
1: Absolutely, that's how we are really connected. I mean, the minerals are at the very base connect everything. If you think about it. Um, I mean, they are they are what makes up Mother Earth, and they are what makes up all that Mother Earth produces and, and hosts. Um, I mean, there is evidence of minerals um, in, in every organic living thing. So we really are connected.
0: We really are.
1: I think for me, the one nice thing that it was a journey in itself, and it's still naturally going on, but and this is certainly fodder for another show, but minerals are a great, a great way to work on s- connecting to self. And the reason I say that is with the representation that it, each mineral has, both in, uh, from an emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual standpoint and the attributes that are associated to them, it, it actually becomes like a, bread, a series of breadcrumbs of where you've been and what you've learned about yourself. So as you've worked with different aspects of self, it, all in an effort to improve yourself and better yourself and better align yourself on that universal energy highway as opposed to the this is life oncoming traffic lane, all, all those experiences are a document, basically a documentation of where you've been and what you've worked on each time you've picked up a piece of turquoise in an effort to uh, speak your truths. Each one of those efforts, with no matter which stone it was, is a, 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 part, a discovery in self and a, and a journey in self, if you will. And that's probably one of the biggest things I've taken from working with stones is as I look around a room and I look at all the stones I've worked with, I can actually look at things that I have tried to improve in myself.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. And try to give to the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when we, for example, do do grids to send out light or to send out healing or... To um, to guide our journey as Earth's children for the year, we we're we're sending out that notion of connectedness and working with the Mineral Kingdom to do that with us.
1: Absolutely. You've, you're number one. You're working with a a, a cherished intent, right? Um, so you've got your intent that's honest and it's it's at the core part of that universal love that raises your vibration it attracts energy of of similar vibration um and you've been you've become connected with those similar energies and you've also got this sort of breadcrumb this physicality of all of that with the rocks It's
0: is fascinating to me it's, it's just fascinating to me. And the same is true with wood and with water. We could go on and on, and we will, as, as time evolves in this podcast with, with all of us talking. We will continue to talk about that connectedness to so much that we, we don't even think about on a daily basis sometimes. I mean, we just don't. Yeah. I, I'm very blessed, and I've said this before, I, I live in the maritime forest. And I am surrounded by these ancient ancient trees that hold the island together on which I live and yet I am surrounded also by water and so I have earth and water and, um, and and all of the elements right here literally in in my yard and I try to remember to be grateful for that every day and to speak to every tree in my yard every day and say I, thank
1: absolutely. you yeah, no. that intent, uh, no matter how nominal at times, makes such a difference in, in everything that you do. Um, it it is do. the groundwork. Even the intent in which you go to discover self lays the groundwork for your journey, and and also what you be- the benefits from your journey. So that's why I think it's so important when you when you venture in to discover self that your intent is simply that to make the connection. Don't have some expectation of what you're going to walk out of that relationship with. It, you're getting ready to meet somebody you may have never met before or you may have not met in you know in in all facets, But don't have any expectation. Go into it open-minded, go into it honestly. That you just want to discover yourself and become connected to yourself, and again, that element of self-awareness then opens up. You ride onto that energy highway, and you suddenly start experiencing these little synchronicities that you might have not have ever experienced before, and they will become addicting. But the longer you stay on that highway for any length of time you understand they're just a, that's just the smallest portion of these amazing things that can happen when you tap into that sort of natural energy flow? That's I just love it. The smallest piece.
0: I love it, Joel. And that certainly opens the door for us to continue this conversation uh, with so much more. We are uh, almost out of time. And so let me tell people how to connect with us again, please. And then... Uh, Any last word from you as we have about a minute left? Folks, you can find Quest for Connection podcast at blogtalkradio.com slash Quest for Connection on Facebook at Dev and Friends Quest for Connection on my website, which is devbowen.com and you can email us at friends at gmail.com and you can see all of that detailed information on our Facebook page. If you want to connect with Joel, his Email is thebewitchedearth at gmail.com. And we are delighted and honored that you have joined us. Joel, thank you so very, very much for being on Quest for Connection with me today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Deb. I certainly appreciate it, and I've enjoyed our time together.
0: Thank you, dear heart. And everybody, keep on questing and stay connected. We'll be back with you next week. Good night.
1: Good night.